Live streaming is on. All right. We're live on Monero Talk with Jonathan Leong, uh, CEO of uh, BTSE, or I think Bitsy, uh, Bitsy for short. Um, we're going to get into uh, an interview in just a moment, but we're experimenting with our, our new sponsorship here. So now we're going to put it in the front of the show. So I'm going to break into our, we'll get, we'll get that out of the way. Uh, our sponsor is Cake Wallet. Um, Cake Wallet is what we believe to be the premier wallet, uh, premier iOS wallet for Monero. It's the first open source wallet uh, for Monero. Uh, if you have an iPhone, we recommend you use Monero. Uh, uh, use Cake Wallet for Monero. I use Cake Wallet. Um, it's, you know, I could go into the whole story. I've talked about it many times on this show. Uh, I'll have Vic on again. Uh, we're just big fans here. Uh, it was it was actually, Cake was uh, something that I was anticipating and waiting for. I was anticipating and waiting for uh, an iOS wallet when I first got into Monero. And Cake came on the scene out of nowhere. And since then, he has uh, fully embraced the open source community of Monero, and he continues to uh, iterate and evolve uh, Cake Wallet in a very positive way. And uh, if you're a Monero user and you have an iOS wallet, I, I recommend you use Cake. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is Gratuitous, gratuitous.org. That's, that's something that we've started here on the show. Uh, basically, it's a way to tip producers behind products using Monero. So we're experimenting with coffee first. So if you want to support this show and support Gratuitous, go to gratuitous.org. You can buy coffee if you're a coffee drinker and a Monero lover. It's a perfect match. You could drink your daily cup, get it from uh, gratuitous.org. You'll be supporting this show. And it's also a cool way to use Monero in the real world because you can send tips directly to the farmers that farm the Monero. All right, that's it. That's enough with the sponsorship. We're going to break into the show. So like I said, we have Jonathan on today of Bitsy. Jonathan, would you like to uh, quickly introduce yourself? Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Um, yeah, so we're an exchange. We're based out of uh, Dubai. Uh, we offer both uh, spot and futures trading. Uh, we've got a couple cool uh, innovations on our platform that really differentiates us from the others. Um, first being that uh, we have a multi-currency order book that basically allows users uh, to trade regardless of their currency pairs, and that really helps uh, uh, attract um, liquidity. And the other on futures is basically our platform allows users to um, uh, post margin and settle in any asset of their choice. Very cool. And now, so that's unique to Bitsy. Is that something that you can't really find elsewhere? Yes. Yes, it is. Now, I know you guys came big on the scene um, during the Magical Crypto Conference. Uh, we were there. We had a presence there. We were uh, representing Monero or uh, we were there as, as journalists uh, uh, interviewing people about Monero and trying to compare it to Bitcoin. Uh, but we, we noticed you guys were there. Uh, was that when you guys first came on the scene, or have you been around longer than that? No, yeah, it was actually our debut, pretty much. Okay, you had you you had a great party, by the way. That was a that was a good party. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so since then, have you seen have you seen growth? Are things are things picking up for Bitsy? 
Yes, it has actually. Uh, we've seen more users. Uh, we've been slowly growing the brand, getting more awareness out there. And um, we still, you know, as an exchange, we want to be able to find uh, good uh, products, uh, good coins to be able to list, right? And, and give it, um, identify really what's lacking in the space right now. And uh, we saw that Monero uh, was a, a great uh, coin and really lacked the potential. Um, one of the main reasons why it doesn't, couldn't put my finger why there wasn't a futures market for it, right? And uh, we, um, we've been fans of Monero for quite a while. We believe that it's got a strong cryptography. It's got, you know, a, a good backing. Um, privacy is one of the main uh, things that really matter these days. And um, that along with a, a strong developer community, uh, we believe that, you know, it's it a very good, foundation and um, we believe futures would be great for Monero because uh, futures, well, they really drive uh, liquidity and liquidity is, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, liquidity is really important. Uh, this also helps Monero get the uh, better price discovery that it really needs. Uh, at the same time, it also serves as a good way for people to hedge really. So is that is that are the futures open for Monero on Bitsy? Is is that active? We should be having uh, futures live in October. That's great. And at that point, you guys will be the only exchange that offers futures for Monero. Is that? Uh, yeah, I believe that that is like a very small exchange uh, with Monero, but yeah, not much volumes there. Okay. We hope to be able to change that. Yeah. So, why do you see? I know, like Crack Kraken is one of the larger exchanges that I know of that where you can buy Monero uh, directly with USD. It's one of the larger exchanges where uh, Monero uh, can be purchased um, by by people in the United States, for example. Um, why why aren't we seeing more exchanges embracing Monero? Uh, for example, Coinbase. Uh, we've, we've all been waiting, uh, sitting on our hands, waiting for Coinbase to add Monero for seems like three years now. Why do you think, what, what do you think the hesitation there is? Uh, obviously you're embracing it, which is great. And I think it's, uh, uh, great that you're taking advantage of that because there's, there's, you know, um, a lot of people, uh, fiending to, to use Monero, get Monero, uh, and trade with Monero. But why, why are other exchanges overlooking Monero? Well, I would say most exchanges tend to be well more afraid of regulators, right? And uh, the the concerns that come with that. Uh, just recently, the J Japanese FSA, you know, coming out with uh, policies to make exchanges delist uh, or not welcome privacy coins uh, um, is it has been always a, a big issue, and I think uh, exchanges have been just trying to avoid it uh, more often than not. So how is how is Bitsy uh, getting around that, or why is it not a concern for you guys? What? Well, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say we we would be afraid of regulators. I mean, being based uh, uh, and registered in uh, the UAE, we adhere to whatever uh, we are we are supposed to be. We remain compliant in that fashion. So until there is a, a real case for something like that, um, I don't see uh, any issues there um 
potentially that's also where the futures come in because um, for futures, we're not taking the base asset. So the, the underlying, although it's traded off Monero, we're not taking the actual Monero asset to trade on. So that means we allow users to potentially uh, pledge Euro um, trade on the Monero market, the Monero future, and yet settle in USDT if they wanted to, potentially. Mm, but okay. for the initial launch, um, we plan to just keep it uh, specific to Monero. Now, how about purchasing Monero directly? Can that be done yes. on your exchange so, with US, with, with dollars, or that's something yes. that doesn't exist? Uh, yes, so basically we support uh, seven different currencies right now. Um, we have fiat on off ramps. So with that, users can get onto our spot market and they can buy Monero directly. The currency, uh, currencies we support will be dollar, euro, pound, yen, Canadian dollar, Singapore dollar, Hong Kong dollar. And yeah. All right. Very good. And then I see you, know, you guys also have Tether as well, right? Um... Yes. Uh, we support the three major stable coins that will be Tether, uh, USDC, and True USD. Okay. Uh, are you guys thinking of adding your own stable coin? I know that was kind of a, a thing for a while, uh, every exchange creating their own. Well, I, it's not something that we're looking at at this point. Potentially, uh, sometime down the road, maybe in a, a year or two, we might visit the idea of it but uh it really depends where the liquidity pool is right mm -hmm. and where you guys you guys so you're you're you guys are located in the uae um but where you where are your customers uh all are is uh, it global or is or what countries are are partic participating in uh bitsy relatively global uh we actually see quite a large following from uh, Europe. Uh, we've got some traction uh, in India and um, the rest around Asia. Not so much the United States? Oh, no, no, we don't want to touch the United States. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, so are, can US customers even, so that you don't even have the, the licensings or anything for the United States, is that? No, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you wouldn't be able to use us. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> well, uh, we don't really serve. Uh, we don't serve U.S. residents. Okay. And do you see that changing anytime, or it's it's not really worth the the effort to, well, to I, do so? I wouldn't rule it out. I would say it's something that potentially we would visit, but uh, right now uh, the areas that we want to focus do not really require us to. Uh, access that market directly. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so uh, is there like a KYC AML element to your exchange, or what, what's the? Yes, so a KYC process is required if you access um, fiat channels. If you're basically trading crypto to crypto, there is no uh, requirement for KYC. Okay. Yeah, and with that also, we do not have any uh, withdrawal tiers so so there's no limit on daily withdrawals mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i imagine uh 
you know, the exchange space is obviously very competitive. Uh, there's a lot of network effect that's that's there. What what uh, compelled you to wake up and be like, you know what? Uh, I think we need another exchange. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. What's uh, what kind of what's motivating you? And I guess also, what's the vision of Bitsy? Why do you think uh, Bitsy will will survive among these uh, pre-existing exchanges? Right, that's a great question. So I'll share some uh, backstory with you. I started uh, mining around late uh, 2015. And then one of the major issues that I faced was actually being able to get on an exchange and you know be able to have a good fiat on-off ramp. Uh, and especially due, during uh, the bull run, um, that was when it really set me off because you know the market was moving so much and there was no place that you know if you actually wanted to execute larger trades to be able to trade properly at the same time platforms were very unreliable so i've been in the industry of building trading platforms for over a decade and what i saw was a good uh, gap that you know what was lacking was a bridge um, to bring traditional markets into the crypto space, right? Or regular retail folk to get them onto to the platform, uh, into the space because everything that was offered was just so bare and so raw, and it wasn't really, um, you know, it, it wasn't robust enough. So what we wanted to do was, you know, bring proper institutional great infrastructure and robustness into um, into the space and at the same time give users the flexibility uh, to be able to trade with uh, with a currency that they're basically um, uh, familiar with right so like having segregated uh, liquidity pools a, a, a user in a trading in a euro pair would see different liquidity than one trading perhaps in a Japanese yen pair. So what was important was to be able to provide a robust enough platform and yet be able to combine these liquidity pools. And what we, what ideally what we want to do is we want to be able to help um, bring more people and more volume into into the entire industry and that actually can help uh, reduce volatility to some extent and with that it would actually help drive greater adoption rather than just speculative means mm -hmm. and with monero in particular uh i mean we could certainly use the liquidity right yeah Obviously. Well, that's why we're bringing futures in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I'm sure everybody tuning in is is very to, very happy to hear so. Uh, so yeah, about that. So so are were you a finance guy first, and then you got into crypto, or are you a crypto guy well, first? Well, I've always I've been coding since I was 15, so I'm I'm more of an engineer, and it just happened that in my early 20s I started coding, uh, you know, trading platforms and that scaled up into handling larger volumes of uh, high frequency trading, uh, risk management systems. And it just uh, 
so it just made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But we got into this number one because it was it started out as a hobby, right? And it was something that was interesting. And as we got to understand more, then we felt that the place, or I felt that the place where I could bring a greater value at would, would be something that I'm more familiar with, and that was more building trading platforms. Mm-hmm. So you said you started mining in like around 2015. Was was that? Tell us what is your your Bitcoin or crypto story? Is that was is that how you got into it? It was started yeah, off as mining. Yeah, a friend just came to me, and then you know it's like, hey, you should try this out. And you were mining Bitcoin, or it was a little, kind of a little too late for that. So I imagine you were mining. Uh, no, uh, well, we, I did start out with uh, I, I did start out with um, uh, Bitcoin first. Then we also grew our GPU farm. Uh, at some, uh, we did do some ETH, but also we did Monero too. Okay, and then so you you've you said a few times you like Monero. You you mentioned for all the you know all the great reasons it is great. It's digital cash, privacy. Um, what what has been kind of your 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 path uh, in crypto? Um, how did you arrive at thinking Monero is something valuable. Uh, Did you you always think that to be the case? Were you originally a Bitcoin maximalist? Are you still kind of a Bitcoin maximalist? Were you never a Bitcoin maximalist? What's (laughs) like, uh, everybody kind of has their their little story and uh, path through crypto land. Like I started around Monero and, and embraced it for all the reasons that I think it's great. What, what kind of, what's your crypto story there? So we started out pretty much as uh, Bitcoin maximalists, honestly. Um, when we started the platform, actually Bitcoin was the only uh, asset you could trade on the, on the platform. We didn't list any other coin. It was only recently we decided to add uh, Litecoin and then ETH. And our fourth choice right now, uh, we've been asking around and making sure that, you know, uh, we wanted to identify a coin which was solid. Um, we f- we thought to be undervalued, and um, Monero was was you know came up on that list, right? And um, well, that's how we decided to get to uh, listing Monero. Uh, your previous question. I kind of lost track on. Um, yeah, I guess basically asking you as as an individual, um, uh, how did you arrive at Monero? Uh, did you did you come? You know, you said you started mining Bitcoin and then Ether. Um, has your take on the crypto space changed and evolved? Did you always think Monero was an interesting coin? I guess what I'm trying to say is, as as you've learned more about things, and as I'm sure you know, you know, as as time goes on, you maybe you no longer think Ethereum is is interesting. Maybe you think Bitcoin is more interesting than ever. You know, um, how has that evolved? Where where did you start from in terms of your your thinking of the space, and where are you at now? Right. Okay. So. The way I see it is, you know, Bitcoin has become a household name. I mean, that still always will remain the big daddy of crypto, right? But separate from that, identifying which coins basically lead innovation 
I think that's more where I tend to stand and where I want to focus on because it doesn't make sense for me to, or as in as a trading platform, sure, it's a venue for people to come together and there's going to be market demand. There will be market demand, right? But it's also demand if it's a good product, if it's a good coin, right? It doesn't make sense to list shit <laughs> because what are you going to get from listing shit? Um, I, I don't know, maybe the Binance model worked well for them back in the day and then they have built up that reputation, but that's not what we want to be seen doing. We want to be seen identifying uh, better projects leading innovation and as I said, either good fundamentals, good potential or undervalued. So um, this is where where uh, we we like Monero. Um, the, the part about you know, the privacy parts on uh, confidential transactions and, and uh, ring signatures, uh, these, you know, are, are key components that really kind of drive why crypto is there in the first place, right? I mean, when Satoshi designed the initial design for Bitcoin, I think the one thing that wasn't really factored in was that governments are then just going to get all in your sp in your face and, and start uh, with chain analysis and, and all of that, right? So Monero really does set it apart, <clears throat> right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's just like, you know, the... Uh, the kid that hasn't really gotten a lot of notice but has great potential. Mm -hmm. I think it, it's uh, it does what it says on the label, uh, what it's supposed to be. It's been longstanding, uh, and it's seen its way true, you know. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Preach it to the choir over here, but uh, that I was trying to lead you down that path. So thank you. <laughs> but um, so, do you see a lot of other exchanges? Potentially starting to add Monero. I know. I know we talked about people fearing the regulation, or you know, not sure about what to do. Do you think that's going to start to? Oh. You think things will get worse or better for Monero in terms of uh, dealing with regulation and exchanges uh, adding Monero? Well, you actually start to see exchanges delisting Monero right now, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I think for us. We believe in the potential of it, and we want to be able to support it uh, for as long as we can. And if there's, it's there's no uh, uh, regulator forcing us to do as such. Well, I, I don't see ourselves um, delisting it. Um, I do see a huge potential, and I believe that regardless of what regulators decide to and and implement, uh, Monero will find its way to. To survive, really, right? Right. Decentralized exchanges will continue. Make will you know, may get better and can continue to improve. P two P exchanges are always still there, right? It's just how and what it will evolve into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of decentralized exchanges, and yeah, I mean, my you know. I guess my, my future vision is, you know, Monero slowly rises to the top and, you know, maybe it doesn't completely take over, but it becomes a lot larger than it is. Maybe 
maybe number two, maybe eventually number one, uh, because of its uh, ability to actually be digital cash. And I think fundamentally, that's what gives it an advantage, uh, living up to the true value proposition of what crypto is supposed to be. And I see also as part of that being things like these, like you're saying, decentralized exchanges or uh, using things like cross atomic swaps, things like that, where people will be um, exchanging crypto seamlessly, uh, basically in a decentralized manner. So how do you see things like traditional exchanges, centralized exchanges fitting into that vision of, of what the future hopefully will bring, right? Because that's the ideal, right? That we're all just fluidly transacting value over the internet without going through any centralized channels uh, that could add to censorship, uh, risk of censorship. Right now, obviously, we need these on-ramps. Um, we need these bridges. But uh, do exchanges, centralized exchanges of today become the AOLs of tomorrow, uh, similar to how AOL was kind of our on-ramp to the internet? Do you have any opinion there? Or how do you see exchanges evolving? Well, uh, you know, that's a great question. I, I do think that centralized, centralized exchanges and decentralized exchanges, they all serve different purposes, just like at this point. Um, this, the users using Bitcoin and Monero, they're all different subsets of users. But as, you know, the entire ecosystem continues to evolve as new, pe as new people uh, come onto the space, new ideas are shared, everything will continue to evolve. And in that space, uh, exchanges for sure, they're going to they're gonna have to play along and evolve in that space. I do see, well, from the point of um, Monero and privacy, I think what's important is um, centralized exchanges then potentially supporting um, non-custodial um, wallets and allowing non-custodial orders to happen. That could be one. Centralizes, centralized exchanges benefit because they're able to centralize the liquidity. So it really depends that what kind of liquidity are you actually looking for and is really required in, in that space. Um, P2P, well, if, and if we're talking about derivatives, uh, you can see that uh, uh, Blockstream's Liquid base recently uh, voiced, uh, recently proposed the idea of uh, and a concept for P2P derivatives. So that could that would also be potentially interesting. I think that there is a lot of space. Uh, there, there is a lot of room to grow for decentralized exchanges. What they can potentially serve in function. Um, it's still at the tip of uh, the iceberg because not everything sh necessarily requires um, uh, instantaneous and very deep liquidity, right? You can always go to a, you know, a centralized exchange if you wanted to trade that. But as the, you can't censor Bitcoin at this point, right? So once you have Bitcoin basically being an established, well, um, readily available and adopted by everyone, having that and with atomic swaps to Monero really does help boost Monero uh, a lot, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, trying to move off 
in the mean while um, in the meantime still requiring that fiat on off ramp is still uh, needed at this point but i think it's over time this will definitely progress into somewhere uh, better and ideal which is what we're hoping for what we're looking forward to yeah, didn't mean to to claim the you know or proclaim the the death of centralized exchanges. Uh, uh, yeah, as you, you know, they're certainly here to stay for quite some time, and that's a really good point. The the liquidity that they offer can't really be uh, brought in any other way, right? It's 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 like it's can you have both? Can you have decentralized exchanges and? Uh, you know, the ability to bring this liquidity in at the same time, is that even technically yeah. possible? Technically, it is possible, I would say, because um, we've done some cool stuff, actually. Uh, from a, a tech perspective, our matching engine actually uh, is written from the ground up. We've, we've written our own uh, clustering um, network protocols and Everything that we've done is all in memory. So potentially, if we adopted that into a decentralized exchange manner, it could that it could work. You could always have one mask. Uh, you could have, you know, um, I'm not going to get into too much technical <laughs> detail. <laughs> but uh, I'm you, sure you people are listening. Don't, don't yeah, you, you go for it. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of smart people listening to this show that would that would love to hear your your insights. Yeah, so it really depends whether uh, on the size of it, and you could then scale it to specific groups. But in that, you could have either a multi-master cluster with eventual consistency, or you could have just a master node that just handles. It depends on the platform, uh, the type of performance you want, or you have like a master node that just handles all that orders, but yet it still replicates. Um, quickly enough onto the other nodes. Um, and if you adopt that into a decentralized uh, exchange and you create individual classes for it, perhaps you could then remove the actual need for having um, a centralized exchange, right? Um, that's, that's one way to go about it. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's an interesting uh, concept. Um, yeah, I mean, the real bottleneck is really the the on-ramps from fiat to crypto. I mean, once we live in a world where everybody's 100% crypto, then the possibilities really begin to open, right, in terms of... Well, well basically, that, that's where tokenized fiat uh, stablecoins come into play, right? Mm -hmm. And there is good value at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a major boost, I would say, for the... Mm, third space. Now, your your background is Chinese, is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm Singaporean, actually. Oh, you're Singaporean. Okay. Um, do you have any kind of insight into? Because we're talking about Monero and its its uh, attributes and qualities, and uh, you know, one of the practical things or. What, it, what the purpose, right, is is the way we always talk about is being able to send value from person to person uh, in a liberated fashion where essentially you can't be stopped by an authority or things like that. Um, is there, 
why, why don't you see that quality being embraced uh, in places like China? Um, or is it, am I, I, I don't know. I mean, um, do they, why, why aren't they embracing that quality of cryptocurrency, its ability to be subversive and to be used as a tool for, for liberation, for, you know, for liberating oneself, right? You, you know, controlling your own wealth and being able to send it peer to peer. Is that, I feel like that quality is kind of overlooked in that region of the world. Is it just because um, of, I, you would almost feel like it should be the opposite, right? Given the, 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 you know, communist nature of the, of the government over there in China, why, why aren't they more interested in its liberating uh, attributes? Well, I, I don't think, uh, I wouldn't say it from that perspective that people in China aren't really using crypto or, I mean, if you're talking about the mass markets, uh, it's just that everything for them, they're just so acclimatized to the convenience of um, digital payments. And that's with Alipay and WeChat Pay. And the likes of that, right? Um, right, but those are all, uh, you know, the right, the opposite of crypto, right? You're all, you're opting into essentially exactly. your money is stored on Chinese servers at that point, right? I mean, it's yeah, but people don't have a choice there, right? So there is a you know a good community growing um, who knows how to adopt crypto. There are some who appreciate it, but if I, if I could be very honest, I mean. Most of the Chinese people um, who tend to trade it, it's it, it's either scammy or they're basically just trying to, uh, you know, um, uh, just fundraise, pump and dump schemes. It's it's just a way, a, a means to an end to make quick money. That's mm -hmm. most. Of um, yeah, that's my that's my impression. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So, it, I mean. In this space, I think I don't think in this for this question, I don't think we're talking about widespread adoption, right? And it's the people who it's the young the the millennials now who then start to appreciate certain values. Or if some of these uh, Chinese nationals they've been brought up overseas and when they go back and then they, there is a comparison and then they know, okay, hey you know, damn, this is, this is actually what I need and there's too much censorship. But if you were brought up in China, you will be oblivious to, to all of this, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I guess that, that's really what it is then. So do you, do you see that changing at all or, or not? It, because it hasn't yet, so I guess, I mean, obviously we're seeing what's going on in Hong Kong. Um, I, well, well I, I mean, I think that... Uh, the People's Bank of China coming out to digitalize their currency and you know from early 2011 they were already toying with the idea of having a digitalized currency they've been working on it for years it's not suddenly out of the blue hey we, we're going to launch this next year and we've had this no uh, it's the reason why you know they've been promoting uh, WeChat so much and making everyone so, uh, so used to um, uh, so used to the convenience and connecting it out, uh, being able to pay with your phone digitally, 
In fact, if you walk on the streets and, and you see uh, a homeless person, you actually, you know, give donations in WeChat, with WeChat Pay. <laughs> and um, then they moved on to connecting um, everything to uh, the central bank as, a, you know, as a payment gateway. So they're able to really filter every single trade. So I think what's important for China is that they always choose to maintain uh, absolute control. That's just how the status quo is. And um, yeah, I guess if you have to manage a billion people, it's no easy task, right? But the mean, whether the means justify the ends, uh, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> yeah, not, not, try, not trying to get you in trouble over here. Uh, I guess the short answer is, you know, people are, well, yeah, people are, are misinformed. They they don't know the grass is greener on the other side because uh, they haven't experienced it. Um, and I guess some will tell you maybe they don't even consider that greener. Maybe they're used to that, that way of life. Um, and I guess also just kind of a, yeah, just a, a, a yeah, a, la a lack of of being exposed to it. I mean, me being an American, uh, you know, uh, the the ideals that are behind Monero, I feel like, are very much aligned with the ideals of what this country was was built upon, right? Uh, preserving uh, liberties, whether or not we're doing a good job at it. I mean, that that was the idea. And then so I see Monero as a tool to now do that in, in the digital realm. Um, and that's kind of what the, the cypherpunk, uh, uh, you know, manifesto was all about. And um, but, you know, you look at countries like like China, where I feel like they could use this essentially more than anyone in terms of their need to uh, kind of liberate themselves from you know, the control of governments and censorship, but it doesn't seem to be, be getting embraced for those reasons. And I guess, like you said, maybe just people, uh, those that do know are, are, that are, are scared. I mean, that, that's certainly an element I'm sure as well. Right. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't say liberation is the key to everything. Also, you know, not everyone would be able to manage and handle being that liberated. Uh, I think that, that, is a long process and a lot also ties down into mindset and culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I think Monero serves as a great tool in the future for what it's going to be considering, you know, 30 years ago, you know, cash is king. And 30 years down the road or even less than that, everything's all going to be tracked. Everything is already being tracked. Right, everything's going to be digitalized. Uh, nations are going to digitalize their currency, and it's all it comes down to tracking and taxes. Right, so um, in, in that instance, it, again, I'm not endorsing or saying that you know uh, <laughs> uh, you should use Monero to avoid all of that. I mean, it comes down to you protecting a user's privacy. Right, not everything like Monero is about because it's a shady deal or, or something shoddy is going on that you're going to use Monero. But there are some people, privacy is a human right, in my opinion. And that should have a form of respect. And with Monero, you, you get that. 
right? Um, having fungibility on top of that is it's a great plus, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I think in the long run, it does have good. Uh, it truly has good uh, potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I see. Privacy is basically being, uh, you know, a, a product of the fact that it that it is fungible. So it's it it is private because it is fungible. Um, do you? Yeah. So I, I guess uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess I won't push that push that any further. Um, but yeah, no. I guess another question then would be: Do you see people in China viewing Bitcoin as digital gold? Is that are they are they into that meme? So uh, maybe they're not so concerned about crypto being used uh, for you know peer to peer transactions and censorship resistance. But this fact that it's you know Bitcoin or Monero, I, I personally think Monero is more aligned with being digital gold. Do they do they find that concept interesting? That it may be something that will allow you to preserve and hold wealth that uh, essentially you know uh, is unaffected by by any any government or any other uh, financial asset. Well, I th- well, in my opinion, I think they're very comfortable with what's, what they have right now. And the Chinese, they just see Bitcoin as a way to speculate. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's my, my point of view. <laughs> so no, no, nobody's looking at it as digital gold. I could store my wealth in this and it will be safe. It will be unaffected by the yeah, – theoretically sure. unaffected by the larger financial uh, markets. Well, well, I'm sure, right? I mean, there's so many. Diff- it, it's such a huge population, and and it's I can't, I wouldn't categorize it into like specific groups, but yeah, I'm I'm sure that there, there are some who just love to speculate on it. Some see the value um, uh, of it being a real um, uh, store of value. Um, uh, they they see it, uh, potentially as a way to uh, to move money. Well, to you know, cross-border transactions are, are easier, are going to be much easier. I think they can see the values in that. Do they potentially appreciate uh, the privacy behind it? Um, my my two cents is not many people would appreciate that, I would say. Mm-hmm. All right. Good on, honest answers. This is uh, this is what we like to hear. Um, so yeah, I guess before we close out, anything else to say about the exchange? Obviously, very exciting that that you guys are adding uh, Monero futures. Um, how about the fees? Are the what are the fees like for? Are they, are they competitive versus other exchanges? Yeah, they're they're competitive. Uh, you get like a three basis point rebate just on making um, on the futures market. Take a, uh, we're actually lower than the other exchanges. And I yeah. think I saw you guys have a pretty good incentive with, uh, you know, people that that start to use your exchange, uh, like an affiliate type program to, you know, if they bring in a new user, then they benefit from yeah. that. Yes. So we have a, a lifetime um, affiliate uh, system that rewards um, anyone who introduces um, uh, their friends 
um, they get 20% of the fees perpetually. Wow. Yeah. And we also have something, uh, a multi-level, uh, uh, a multi-referral um, system. So if someone refers that other person, you get 10% off the fees of that trade. And if you, you refer yeah. Do you see that working? Is it taking effect? Is it, uh, is it? I think it's attractive. Uh, Basically, we, we we are currently seeing uh, more people starting to refer, and we're actually adding a couple of uh, bonus campaigns in there. Very cool. Uh, anything anything else you want to bring up before we uh, close out? Um, well, we're going to have one cool feature uh, that we think uh, it's really novel to the space is. Um, Basically, the ability to uh, that we're going to centralize our our entire order book. That regardless of the trading pair that you're trading with, uh, liquidity is all pulled into one order book. So, uh, take for example, um, bit uh, all right, um, Monero to any fiat pair or any crypto pair will all be traded in the same order book. And effectively, I mean, what is that? What is that accomplishing there? Uh, we're able to centralize and, and give um, every pair the same amount of liquidity that it sees. So Monero to USD, Monero to any form of stablecoin, Monero to Bitcoin, Monero to Litecoin will all be traded in one single order book. So I think that would be an interesting uh, innovation or to the space. Very cool. Is that similar to like the synthetic assets thing that uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the, the name of that other exchange? You know what I'm talking about? We won't go there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, that, that... Uh, we should have it out in uh, probably in a month. So it's something okay. to also look forward to along with uh, the Monero launch. Okay. Yeah. That's exciting. And then, so where where did that idea come from, or how did how did that how did that begin? And you saw you saw well, it need. we I mean we already have this with uh, multi currency fiat, right? So then we looked at from a UI perspective, and we looked at all the other platforms. You know, there are paths to Bitcoin that don't have the same liquidity as to stablecoin, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So it really didn't seem to make much sense to separate all that uh, liquidity. So we decided, why not just mash it all together? Mm-hmm. Abra is the, the the one I was thinking of. Are you familiar with Abra? Uh, no. Okay. I'll go yeah. They're doing some interesting things as well oh, with synthetic assets. Um. All right. Very cool. I mean, if you get, let me know if you want to come on again in the future, especially uh, once you guys get the Monero futures going and uh, ramp that up. If you ever want to come back on and we could do an update. Um, Obviously I encourage anybody that's watching, uh, go check out Bitsy. Uh, They're the fact that they're, you know, looking in that they will be adding Monero futures is very exciting. And, uh, I'm sure people in the community will support that. Um, and yeah, I'm, 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 we love that you love that you're, that you're interested in Monero. We, uh, 
that that helps and that you're going to help bring more liquidity to Monero. Um, we appreciate that. That's great. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Thanks. Great, great talk, actually. Yeah, talk thanks soon. for uh, thanks for being willing to go down uh, that windy road with me. Uh, I know, I know, I asked some tough questions there. Okay. All right. Good talk. Have a good one. Thank yeah. you. Have a good day. So long.